0: this episode of the duck gun podcast proudly brought to you by gunner kennels gunner kennels the market's only double-walled roto molded dog crate and a five-star crash test rated kennel these american-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the guys over at gunner kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are like dropping four thousand pounds on it hammering it with a 630 pound sled Tossing it off a 200 foot cliff and shooting it with a 12 gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings from ducks to dogs to decoys and guns we'll be talking tactics strategies and what it takes to get the job done load up and taking this is the duck gun podcast what's going on folks thanks for joining me on another episode of the duck gun podcast on today's episode It's just me and Elliot, and we'll be talking about all things weather, from wind direction to different types of precipitation and much, much more. But before that, a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A Frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide with more designs coming we have you covered from the sides and the top oh and did i mention our a-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box check us out on facebook instagram and on htrinnovations.com hey guys another great company that we've partnered with is sportsman taxidermy and we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago so jump back check that one out really great content there um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot, from Freelance Duck Hunting. How you doing, Elliot?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, everything's going well. Got a bunch more hunts lined up, so hopefully we can end the end the season strong. This mild, mild weather is not helping a whole lot, but hopefully we can have a strong end to it
0: yeah hopefully (laughs) i'll tell you what though um i played basketball last night for the first time in like two years and i went to church league basketball and i told myself i'm just gonna take it easy just kind of jog around and play (laughs) and and that never works out and so i'm feeling it today every muscle (laughs) in my body hurts like my feet hurt i don't know how it's possible but
1: You've got to be in a special kind of shape for full court basketball. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I remember in my thirties, I was doing quite a bit of jogging like three times a week, a couple miles. And I was like, you know, I'm in pretty good shape, but you know, you go and play basketball and that's a whole different kind of being
0: in shape. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause it's not the same as getting tired while you run. Cause you're like, yeah. I'm tired and you stop, but yeah. the plays don't stop the ball. You know, all that kind of stuff. You just, like a dog chasing a tennis ball or something i don't know (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, i hear you
0: so my basketball days
1: are over with my back i can't (laughs) play anymore oh yeah in fact my back is i've had two surgeries and just yesterday i don't know what the deal is but i'm hobbling around like crazy which it's been really good for the last month or two um last time i was really hurting was right towards the beginning of season but i don't know what i did Mm. but the hunts must go on
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the subject for today is we're going to be talking about weather patterns and their effect on duck hunting so um yeah the, we'll just go go ahead and we'll jump right through it
1: and in our topics are we're going to be talking about wind um cloudy versus sunny rain snow and fog how cold fronts and extended warm periods affect waterfowl and migration patterns, um, weather migration versus calendar migration. And for some of the things that we're gonna be using, we are getting statistics from Freelance Hunt Stats, which is a website that I had developed where you can log all of your hunt data. We've got over 3,000 hunts recorded, not us personally, but the commun- The Freelance Hunt Stats community has over 3,000 um, hunts logged. So for some of these discussions, we're going to be um, sorting the data and pulling information on wind and and rain and snow and all the weather variables from three thousand hunts worth of data. So we've got enough hunts now that maybe we're getting to the point um, that we can draw some conclusions about what's more does how much wind is more desirable, what's better cloudy or sunny. So um, I think this will be interesting. I haven't I have not looked at these stats um, for about. So like really broken them down for the global community for about five, six months. So it ought to be interesting.
0: Yeah. So going into the wind, um, kind of like a reminder for new people. You know, if you're a veteran uh, you probably got the wind down pat, but uh, as a new hunter, this is kind of more fresh in my mind. Um, forgetting about wind before I hunt, like looking at the direction and the speed, um, are going to play into it. Uh, that way you know where you want to set up before you walk in there and know how you're going to set up your decoy spread. Um, but for sure, if you're new and you're thinking about getting ready for your hunt, one thing you always want to look at <clears throat> is the wind direction because um, your birds are going to want to cup into the wind. Um, so that's for you, for you new hunters out there. Uh, just, mm-hmm. you know note that
1: in which side of the pool you set up on like right now and um, we're going to be hunting Friday. So we're, we're hunting kind of a circular pool, kind of an egg shaped pool. And so where we are going to set up on this pool is dependent on the, on completely on the wind direction. Because if you go out there, there's trees lining this whole pool. So if you go out there and you set up with the wind in your face or even diagonally at your face where the mallards cannot work into the wind you may see birds, you may get them close, but you're going to be screwed when it comes to actually pulling them in. So if you're if you're not looking um, very very closely at the wind speed and wind direction, um, you're missing out on on a lot of birds. For yeah, sure.
0: and we had one hunt this year in particular with the wind where we couldn't help but sat up with the wind um, in our face, and so um, you know what we had trues right behind us too. And then the rest of the pond was covered in ice, so it's the only place to set up on it. Um, and so we did have some birds decoyed that we didn't even see till they literally <laughs> came right over top of us and landed. Um, and then some that would come towards us and then work towards the ice ice shelf itself. Uh, so yeah, it does end up um, not helping out the wind yeah. if you have to play the wind
1: yes well you know the place that we set up um in the cove the first hunt together we hunted that place one time where the wind was right in our face and we weren't happy about it but we knew there was a lot of birds working so what we did is we, we made two huge groups of decoys with just a split down the middle so not like a u or not like a horseshoe but, but just group a, a huge um traffic line traffic lane in the middle and then group b And it worked really, really well. So what the and we set these decoys way out far, like 40 yards out. So what happened was is the ducks would come around and in front of us as they were turning into the landing zone. So they were turning the landing zone at about 20 yards is where we were shooting them. But if you would let them land, they were probably going to land at about 35 in between these two groups. So um, that that actually worked really, really well for us that way. It's hard. It's difficult to work them like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're not working the wind, you're going to have to have some kind of uh, unique plan like you had.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to talk about um, wind speed now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, up to a certain point, I would say the stronger the wind, the better. Um, I'm going to say probably around 15 miles per hour is, the most preferred wind speed.
1: Okay. Well at, at the website, I forget it's on stats.com. We've got it broken into four categories. So no wind, light wind, moderate wind, and heavy wind. And here, here are the speeds we have it broken down to. Um, zero to five is no wind. Six to 12 is light wind. Or I guess we call it strong wind. 13 to 20 is strong wind. And anything above 20, 20 miles an hour is heavy wind so um you want me to break down the bird per hunt averages by each one
0: yeah yeah let's just let's go with the the average bird per hunt um and we can both put our predictions ahead of time and i'll say it's the the third not the strongest the one right below that
1: um yeah i would say that no wind is definitely going to be the lowest bird per hunt average and looking at it out of 886 total hunts on the website, the harvest per hunt average is 2.9, which is actually higher than what I would have predicted um, it to be because 2.9 is not not bad. For me personally, um, I've got 45 hunts and I'm at 2.4 birds per hunt on zero to five. Um, so let's go to light wind, six out of 12 or 6 to 12 miles per hour, and that goes to 3.3, 3.39. So in no wind, it's 2.9, and 6 to 12, or light wind is, oh, you were supposed to guess, 3.39. So 6 to 12, and that's in 1,223 hunts. So light wind is about a not quite half bird better per hunt than no wind onto strong wind now your prediction from what you said earlier is that it would be this is your um prime zone is what you were saying so this is 13 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour, right? yep, okay. and that is three point nine seven so that is a full bird per hunt better than no wind thir- thirteen to twenty miles per hour um, and that's a, a bird per hunt difference in in, in stats it's a it's a that's a huge difference yeah that's a huge difference and that's in 509 hunts now now on the next one are you predicting it's going to be better yet at above 20 or i would say i
0: would say it dropped down a little bit okay let's go ahead and look at that one
1: this is 20 plus and that goes to 3.6 um so that in order it goes, the, and that's 179 hunts. That's, you just don't get as many of those days. Um, so the, the, on the website, um, the 13 to 20 miles an hour is the best. Um, and then this is a little surprising to me that 20 miles an hour and above is the second best because just because it's harder even to shoot on those days. Um, and then third best is light wind, 6 to 12. And finally, your worst possible scenario is 0 to 5.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna hunt on all those days, but <laughs> it's me good. Me
1: <laughs> so our strategy this year with no wind is to go just a couple dozen, dozen or two decoys and as much motion as possible. So, and I can I can honestly say the times we've tried it have not been very successful. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that that's our plan. Last year we went to that and we did really really well on on no wind day a couple times. So our goal is to. Um, have as much water motion as possible, and fewer decoys so that that motion can actually affect all those decoys in the water. That that's our thought. Mm-hmm. So what do we got next? Cloudy versus sunny.
0: Cloudy versus sunny.
1: Or were we gonna do south versus north? We're gonna we want to look at that, or
0: um, sure, we can look at that.
1: Okay, let's look at wind direction. So I'm gonna just check real quick: north wind, northeast. And northwest, I'm going to look at any hunts where it's coming out of the north at all and out of 104 hunts. Now, Why would it be that it's only 104 hunts? I'm going to make sure it hasn't read really, because that seems like, unless people are not recording their wind, that seems strange. But let, let me resort that one more time and make sure there's got to be more than 103 hunts for the north wind on here. Oh, one, okay, yeah, something's wrong. 1,100 or 1,011 hunts with a wind coming out of the north, um, north, northeast or northwest is 3.6 birds per hunt. And then if we check that with anything coming out of the south, which is southeast, south, and southwest, Let's see what it looks like compared to 3.6. We're at 3.4 out of 830 hunts, so fairly similar. A little bit better um, when it's out of a north wind, which you would kind of think that with you know the fronts coming out of the north that you might see a little bit more disparity
0: there. Hmm. Yeah, but not not a big difference.
1: No, not not a not a huge difference. A little bit, but not much. And you're talking a total of combining those of almost 2,000 hunts. And I think in the statistical world, for statistics to be relevant, you need about 1,000 in your sample pool. So we've got about almost 2,000. So somewhat somewhat relevant. However, I do still believe on this site that, that people are failing to record their bad hunts, which makes a huge difference. And I'm basing that on the fact that it's saying that people are averaging four birds a hunt, and I don't believe that for a second. No, I, I don't, don't believe really. that every you know out of three thousand hunts all hunts recorded that that the entire people on this site are
0: averaging four birds that's yeah. just a high number I don't, just, I, don't, I don't know anybody who does that consistently
1: no i know one guy that claims to and he hunts by himself and i believe that he does but generally speaking i think people average well if you go, if you look at the uh, refuges in kansas they'll they post the numbers um and I can think of, the, there's a, a main one that does it all the time, and they almost always average for the season below two birds a hunt. They're like 1.7. Where
0: 1. do they get 8. the data from?
1: They You have to sign in. Um, on. It's called Ice sportsman. You have to sign in on each hunt and report how many you shot. Hmm. And so every single year, they're below two birds a hunt. I, I know for a fact that at, at that huge reservoir, out of hundreds of hunts in a year, they're only averaging below two. So... I just I just think the people on the site are somehow maybe failing to record their skunks
0: yeah and
1: they may not care about some of the statistics they may only want you know how many birds I shot so if they don't shoot any they may they just may not care yeah um, about those
0: numbers but and that's that's probably what I'd guess.
1: Yeah, I think as soon as I get a few more actual members, I'm going to change the filters to either to only show the global will only be the paying members. Because I think also if someone creates a free account and they're just goofing around and logging fake hunts because they're playing with it, you know? Um, yeah. So I'll probably switch the global data to only members within the next couple of years once we get enough data in there.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So Sunny versus Cloudy. Uh, I know we you looked at these stats before, but... Uh, I can't. I can't remember honestly what the outcome is. I know in my area, I feel that cloudy days are better. And I know we've heard some some other people in other areas like saying that timber is better on sunny days, or um, you know, just certain places they have the perception that one day is better than the other. But I feel like I just see more birds moving on cloudy days than sunny days.
1: I don't, I, I've looked at my own personal stats. I can tell you for, for a fact, I do better on cloudy days by about, and I'll look at what the data is here, but I think it's by about 0. 0.4 birds per hunt. Um, I never even really consider it though. I don't, it just doesn't, I, I look and see whether it's cloudy or sunny for a sun in my eyes. But other than that, I don't ever see a sunny day or a cloudy day and be like, yay, one or the other. I feel like if, if you're in the right spot and the wind is what it should be, and to me, it doesn't make much of a difference. Except, I do kind of believe in the casting of shadows, where it's like um, on a sunny day, there's a lot more shadows, and so you can hide yourself easier. I do, I do kind of believe that um, the, the hidden thing. I don't think the, I don't think it's the birds. I think it's the concealment.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that as well, probably. So
1: on sunny days. We are, the global community is at 3.4 birds per average. And I am personally at 2.6 and this is sunny days. And then if we switch it to um, cloudy, I am at 3.3. So I go from 2.6 to 3.3 on my personal and the global community is 3.1. Now this is this has been a big change this year cuz I know last year I looked at it and they were better on sunny, but on this one Or hold on, no no, they still are better on sunny. So cloudy, the global global community um, out of 100 1023 hunts are at 3.1 and then on sunny they're at 3.4. So 0.3 ducks per hunt different for the global community.
0: Hmm.
1: And like 0. 0.7 or 8 for me personally. Um I, I'm better on Cloudy. But the my sample size isn't that big. I'm at like 130 versus 80. So it's my relatively small sample size. But based on the um it looks like 1,397 people reported on sunny days and just over a thousand reported on cloudy days and sunny is better by 0.3 birds per hunt. So pretty small margin, pretty small margin.
0: Yeah. I just checked my personal stats as well. And, uh, weirdly enough, I shoot worse by 10%, 11% (laughs) on, uh, (laughs) on sunny days and my bird difference is uh, 0.3 better on cloudy day or Yeah, uh, cloudy days. So cloudy days, I shoot 11% better and have 0.3 birds more than sunny days.
1: Huh?
0: It's interesting, isn't it?
1: And so if you guys want to be able to keep track of your own statistics like this, because it's just, I mean, literally you can sit here for hours and, and sort this thing so many different ways because now we could look at sunny and cloudy when it's below 20 degrees. Um, You know, sunny and cloudy on different wind variables. Maybe with no wind and cloudy is better than no wind and sunny. There's just so many things that you can do with this search filter that um, head on over to Freelance on Stats and set yourself up an account. Um, You can start logging for free if you wanna actually be able to sort your statistics, it's 299. But it's just interesting, I find it really fascinating. To look at this i can tell you over the past five six years the proper opinion in the waterfowl community is that sunny days are by far better like it's not even close the way people talk and if you look at these we're talking we've got three thousand hunts here that say well maybe sunny's a little better but not much of a difference Mm -hmm. with three thousand hunts that's that's significant pool of hunts to, to draw from to make that conclusion so to me, it's definitive. It's it's a little better, but not much, is what the is what the stats are saying.
0: Yeah. So next we got um, precipitation. We'll talk about rain and snow and fog. Um, yeah. and kind of like a uh, gut feeling, I do feel like precipitation, besides fog, I would say fog mm-hmm. is worse fog in the early morning almost never see birds working when it's foggy. Um mm-hmm. they kind of wait. But the rain and snow, uh you can have days where they're moving a lot when you have rain and snow. Uh,
1: I I would I've never looked at these three um stats either to see how this is going to play out on, on here but myself personally um I have had I can think of two hunts in the pouring Rain where we were pounding them. I can think of a hunt where um right before it started raining, this front came in one time on an opening day and my dad and I were out and we were scratching out a few birds and this huge front came in from the West. I mean, you could, it's one of those you could see, I don't know if you get these in Indiana, but you guys have a lot of thunderstorms or not. I imagine you probably do. Um, but you see the clouds come rolling in and like, and 45 minutes before, as those clouds were rolling in, it, it did something to the ducks because they got super active and we shot our limit. And then when the when the rain hit, it would it kind of shut down a little bit. So I know a front. Now this was earlier season, early October, but I know that fronts coming in can really stir things up. But then if you get just like those steady rains, I don't think ducks mind those at all.
0: Yeah, um, for sure, I don't think they do. Um, maybe like a straight downpour might be a little different, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know if it's just raining, um, yeah. I've never had trouble on those days or blamed I, it on that
1: now with the fog i've had several hunts that were awesome but it's always right after the fog disperses yeah when the fog when the fog disperses it just seems like the birds move like crazy so yeah. anytime it's foggy i'm not leaving until that fog even if that fog's holding on till 10 10 30 i'm not going anywhere until that fog lifts to see what happens yep yeah because that can be fantastic. Let's check the filters and see what the filters say on this one. Um, so for rain, we've got three, 302 hunts. The average is 3.4. Um, and I think you got to compare that to um, the filters just as with no precipitation of any kind or with at least what the regular filters are. So 3.7 is the global average, and with rain, 3.4. So it it drops off a little bit compared to what it is without any rain. If we go to snow, 93 hunts, 4.4. So that jumps way up. Mm. It's almost half bird a hunt. More than
0: half bird a hunt. Yeah, more. Yeah. So snow is the best condition probably.
1: snow snow is really good um, let's check sleeting I know Golden and I had a good hunt with sleet this year um, oh man I would not have assumed this this may be a small sample size 31 hunts 5.8 in sleet huh. that's a lot but you know 31 hunts is a very small pool
0: yeah
1: I mean that's like <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> 31 hunts 5.8 and that's mostly mallards Geese. We filtered because there's like 15 dove. Let me filter <laughs> only waterfowl hunting on this and see if what that changes. 5.5 27 hunts. Huh. That's mostly Drake's. I wouldn't I would not have thought that. And let's go to foggy. Let's see what that does. 3.6 so fog and rain it's showing is about the same.
0: Yeah, but I, that has to – well, I, w- I can't say it has to be, but I would think that that's people saying that the hunt was foggy and then it disappeared, you know. Yeah, I would assume so too.
1: And on these stats, you also have to realize, like, um, if if there's a day that, like, rains and sleets, which is feasible. If I Like that day that Aiden and I were out there, it rained, it sleeted, and it snowed. So, if I'm logging that hunt and I click all three of those things, um, then and I put in just sleeting, it's still going to pick up that hunt um, and show it where it was raining and snowing as well. So, but these, this is pretty small sample size with all these. Let me sort it one other way. Let me sort it with just sleet, snow, rain, all just all four of the precip- precipitations and see what it comes up. 479 hunts, 3.5 average. And your, our global average without, with all hunts is 3.77. So according to the data here, precipitation, um, is about 0.25 birds less per hunt than, than compared to your overall average. So, Mm. I think the for the old fact remains that if you're on the X and you're in the right spot where their birds are, no matter what the conditions, you're going to shoot birds.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> minus no wind. That seems that no wind is the is the end all be all to me. It's like if I see like that day we're going, it's like three miles an hour wind. I'm just like, oh no, that's like the killer to me. That's the biggest red flag that the day's going to suck. Yep, yeah, I agree. But not all days, but. You know, that's the last. I would much rather see a downpour than a two mile an hour wind day.
0: And that kind of brings us into the next thing. The next thing I'd say that is a killer for me on weather is warm days. Mm -hmm. And we kind of had the double whammy on that hunt (laughs) going up to 54 and no wind. Yeah.
1: Now, what do you call a warm day? Because I know, you know, early October, if it's, um, 32 low and 55 high you're not gonna call that a warm day yeah. but in December you are gonna call that a warm day so
0: yeah I would say so um I guess I've always had the assumption that a warm day would be what you consider warm in comparison to the days prior
1: Mm
0: mhm um and I don't know if this is a good analogy or not but uh, I used to fish a lot especially when I was younger uh, and the weather would affect fish's metabolism a lot and so uh, it would definitely de- depend on the prior weather where it was warm um, for multiple days in a row and then it got cold right after that then the fish would um, the fishing would die off because they wouldn't be uh, going after food as much. So you know it just kind of I, I think in nature a lot of times you have to compare it to the prior days so 54 if that's closer to the opening part of the season um and it's been 60s i think then that's a good jump um but you know right now when it goes from being 30s to jumping all the way up to the 50s you know that's a big jump to what the ducks yep. are used to as far as how warm it is
1: Well, I think it's somewhat complicated too, because I don't mind a warm day. What I mind is seven, eight warm days in a row where nothing's migrated and the birds are just hanging out. They don't really have to have tons of food. They've flown enough to know which pools get hunted heavy, where to be, where not to be, and they get stale as a result. Because if you give me a 55-degree day with a heavy south wind in late January, that's prime, because you're going to get a heavy reverse migration um, in the Southeast part of the state and you're going to go out and see more mallards than you've seen all year because they're all working back up, up from the South. Um, so, um, and, and as like right now, well, like last week, every single 55 degree day, we're clapping and clapping because we want this ice to get off these marshes. Cause once the ice gets off these marshes, then a lot of times the birds are easy picking. Like the second day you and I hunted, it was, I think, it was real warm that day. And Aiden went out um, to a marsh and shot his limit between noon and two 30. So it's, I think it's a little bit, and it can also vary state to state, but I know in this state on this side of the state, late season, um, warm days where the ice is coming off and it's a strong South wind is prime because birds are already getting ready to head back North. So they're coming up out of Oklahoma. Yeah. But if that prolonged one, where it's just like man we need a new migration especially in november if you get if you get a, a cold front in november that pushes birds in and then your next two and a half weeks are all south wind and warm days you're gonna really really struggle because the birds spread out they learn to get to ponds they start night feeding and it just becomes a real challenge but late december and january it's not that way it's it's preferable
0: Mm. So
1: it's complicated you know
0: yeah we don't get to hunt late January in my area so I don't have to deal with that too much but
1: yeah well I hope you get to see some of the reverse migration when you come back up because I know the the, the best days where I've seen just mallards swarming everywhere are those south wind January days so it would be really cool if you got in on some of that did someone here.
0: say pentel limits
1: You could. That's when you're going to see him for sure. Hmm. There's a specific area that we see a lot, see him a lot in. But I, man, I dread going to that area. It's where it's the same place where I don't know if you saw the video where that guy's dog came and jumped in our boat, and and there's just so many hunters down there. But if you catch it at the right time, when. Like, you know, I may look for a time where the Chiefs are in a playoff game. That's the prime time to go. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Chiefs on a Sunday in a playoffs, that's like, okay, yeah, let's go. There's not going to be people everywhere. <laughs> Which we have done that before. I drew a line in the sand. It's like, okay, waterfowl hunting over Chiefs football. I'm going duck hunting on this day. And It was the only playoff game that the Chiefs have won in, like, the last 25 years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we shot a bunch of ducks. <laughs> nice. You got yeah. to pick your battles. Did you get any pins? Yeah. Down?
1: Yeah, I'll take a pintail over watching the Chiefs play any day. <laughs> and we did shoot pintails that day too. Actually, Corn and wow. I each shot one. We had a whole flock come in. Man, uh, it's on. It's Dan and Corn and I got it. I, I need to watch that. Video. It's a fun video. Mm. It was cold. <laughs> Let's take a second to talk about um, one of our parts or partners, which is Lightsall L I T E Z A L L. We've got a promo code with them, which is oh my gosh.
0: Duck gun. <laughs> duck hunt 10. <laughs> Gosh,
1: I my memory.
0: <laughs>
1: well, uh, the promo code with them is duck hunt 10, where you can get 10% off. And they have, you know, if any of your lighting needs from a tactical flashlight, 3000 looms to a little cube that works as a charger that has, that's magnetic. That's perfect for if you're just in a blind and you have anything metal to put it on, or even if you're just, you know, something to keep in your car. And our personal favorite is the headlamp, which is 800 looms and lumens and is crazy bright and just a been a huge fan of their products. And so when we were able to bring them on as a partner, I was definitely really, really excited. Go to lightsall.com and check out their equipment. And I, I, I know that you won't be sorry that you picked one of those up at all.
0: All right. So from there, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, with the migration... And the weather the weather affecting that Um, I know that there has been studies I don't know if there's been studies on ducks but um, again I'll use another analogy from uh, another species in nature but um, the rut is one thing that a lot of people want to study the rut of deer Um, and is that caused by weather or is it caused by photo period you know or you know calendar. As, as you you would say it, but... Um, is that what photo period means? Yeah, photo period is the amount of light during the day. Oh, and that, okay. And that's how okay. animals, you know, have, I guess, can tell <laughs> how much time is passing or, the, oh, or probably okay. how they have their calendar. So photo period. Um, but yeah, so would that be more of the cause of the migration? I think that was one of your questions that we talk about or is it the cold weather or is it a combination of the two
1: well do you have any specific thoughts on it
0: well I know that the studies that they had would say that the rut for deer is more heavily weighted towards uh, photo period so if you had a warm year the animals are still going to mate Mm mm-hmm We're not gonna not have a population of deer because of warm weather, and if uh, and I would say that for mallards, they only move down as far as they need to. Um, You know, if the water's not locked up and they have a food supply, they have no reason to to keep coming further south. Yeah. So I would say it wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, just kind of my gut feeling. I don't think that. Uh, the later in the year they're not going to go further south if they don't have to, or they're going to wait until they have to.
1: Yeah, I I would totally agree with mallards on this. Our worst years are when it does not freeze up in Canada, North Dakota, South Dakota. If it doesn't freeze up there and and really hard freeze, then we're going to see a trickling of birds compared to what we see if if they freeze so I think with mallards it's certainly um, weather weather conditions now with um, with teal, especially blue wing teal in September and early October, any north wind that you get is gonna bring birds it can go from you know 80 degrees to 75 degrees, but they're just waiting for those north winds. Mm. so I believe that teal, are very much now the colder cold certainly doesn't doesn't hurt and it's gonna push them too, but they're just looking for any north wind to get going. And I've got a feeling that's probably the case. It's easier to tell with the blue wing teal because we in, here in Kansas we have no ducks and then we have ducks. Um, so it's very easier to tell with them. It's a little bit harder to tell with Gadwall and Widgeon, but my suspicion is that that Gadwall and Widgeon are a little bit more like blue wing teal um, and pintails as well i think those early migrants are more calendar or what you called photo period dependent but mallards are a little more lazy and if they have a spot like right now um, there is masses and masses of mallards on the south dakota nebraska uh, missouri river area just i mean DU you just came out with a report on it just masses. And we we do not have the push of mallards now, not even close to what we had last year. And we don't see anything in in the near future that's going to give us that push either. We we may get it in January, we may not. But if if the if the weather doesn't get get it, and I know the 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 Nebraska guys have been griping about it too. If the weather doesn't really lock in hard, we may never see that huge push of of mallards. So I think for the mallards it's certainly weather dependent
0: yeah i almost wish they'd uh push our season back a little bit um because we don't have any hunting in january and if you have a mm-hmm. real mild year like this um you can be in some trouble uh because we've really had some struggles this year and weather is a great factor to that i mean we have had our own mistakes as well so we can't completely blame it on that but Um, you don't get any second chances when you don't have a lot of birds in the area.
1: That debate on when the duck waterfowl season should take place has been just rampaging and on fire the last 5, 10 years here in this state because we are set up in four different zones, and they created a southeast zone, which um, is a historic area for late-season waterfowl. And so the Southeast zone guys, they wanted a later season. So they, they cut up in a little chunk of the state and they give them a later season and you still have people in that zone angry because they want it to be what it traditionally has been. Because what happens is when you give them a late season and you push the start date clear into the mid November, now you're minimizing the hunting that people that, that want to hunt shallow water marshes are going to get because those, those pools are going to freeze up. So mm. the guys that want to hunt the shallow water marshes are angry if you push it back. The guys that want to hunt reservoirs and fields, and and they're angry if they don't get those January dates. And then guys in other zones of the state are upset because they want it pushed back. And it's just like, it's just been this ongoing, re, I mean, people really angry on each side about it. And I think, I think we have it set up perfect because we, some of the shallow uh, water marshes in this state open up beginning of October um, the southeast zone doesn't open up until mid-October and they run clear to the end of January so they've spliced the state up so for a guy like a guy like me who's willing to travel a little bit it's perfect because now I can hunt starting from teal clear to the end of January I can hunt the whole time you, know, you go to this zone you go to that zone um, so it, there's certainly you can make an argument for both where I don't think it doesn't seem like Indiana has many shallow water marshes. Would that be
0: accurate? Um. Yeah, that'd be accurate. Yeah, so for you guys
1: there's no reason not to push it back. Unless you just want to shoot the wood ducks, which you guys shoot a lot of.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, they could give us a wood duck season. It wouldn't hurt me.
1: They should They should lump wood duck into teal. That's what they should do. Because I know some states have done that, where it's teal and wood duck. Right? Yep.
0: Tennessee, Kentucky. That's do, you guys.
1: Yeah. That's what they should do for you guys. With you guys with not much shallow water, but your ponds would freeze though. Um,
0: yeah, there's always ice eaters. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, HCR should make an ice eater. Has <laughs> he ever thought about that?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know what all goes into them.
1: Because as many as many ponds as you guys hunt, I would think ice eaters would be really valuable. Yeah. So, um, but I, am for, I I certainly want to be able to hunt shallow water marshes. And if, if the entire state of Kansas wanted to go to a late, late season, I would be extremely upset because these guys like in Georgia that don't start hunting until Thanksgiving, that just seems terrible. I mean, that's just, I can't even imagine. I mean, these guys haven't even gotten going and I got like 13, 14 hunts under my belt. Yeah. Uh, I would, that would be a nightmare
0: to me. I don't not, see not Georgia as like a that. big waterfall state, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But a lot of those southern states are like that. They don't open up, up until Thanksgiving. Yep. And Then you go like a few weeks and they got a break. It's like, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> well,
0: it's if like you're going open up, up
1: on Thanksgiving, there better not be a single day that I can't hunt from there until <laughs> the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, seasons are a finicky thing for sure. I mean, yeah, obviously you, we you, can't you, hunt them all season long or all year long. I wish we could, but obviously like bird numbers wouldn't sustain that. And you got to have time for them to, um, mate and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah I'm sure they do their best on all of that.
1: I would be perfectly content with a lower limit and more days though. That would be,
0: so if they gave you three mallards and you can hunt from September through the end of January, you'd be fine with that.
1: No, I wouldn't be fine with that because, I mean, I'm already doing I'm already doing that now. <laughs> but you're only hunting yeah, teal. Yeah, but there's no mallard around at that time. <laughs> so what? Uh, you you'd, have you'd, you'd have to give me February. Yeah, you'd have to give me February. Well, when do the they
0: they start to pair up? Though I think that would start messing with their um, mating.
1: Uh, I mean, I I, I can't imagine um, that if you kill a couple of birds in February that they're not going to remate.
0: Yeah, would. But- But you're gonna be killing, you know, five a day.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know what the data is on that. It's a mute point anyway, because there's that uh, migration pact that we have. I don't remember what it's called. It only gives you X amount of days that you can. I think it's 72 is the most days possible that you can schedule. I believe it's 72.
0: Is it? I've heard 60 a lot. The number 60. I don't know why. (laughs) I've heard
1: that number too. But I'll do some research in that. I, I thought that the total number was 72. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure on that. But anyway, that, that's the problem you would run into.
0: Mm, so each zone is only allotted 60 days total. I'm
1: going to have to look into
0: that when we get off and see. Or 72, was... one of the two.
1: Yeah, one of the two, each zone. So, yeah. and um, But the say in the state of Kansas it comes out to if you count teal season you can hunt like 100 and i counted it up one time it's like 135 and i'm on the forums and these guys are like the whole state should be and blah 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 it's like so you're <laughs> telling me you'd rather have 70 hunting days other than 130 really that's what you're saying you want 60 <laughs> less days you want to cut your season in 60 less days so that it's like are what are you thinking
0: Mm-mm.
1: how could anyone have that opinion
0: i think most people don't travel as much as you <laughs>
1: Yeah, but By I mean, we don't, have to that far. we don't have to travel that far. I'm an hour and 15 minutes away from the southeast zone. I am three hours away from um, the other zone I hunt. But
0: Yeah, you know. I'm at least two and a half hours away from the near zone unless I switch to nor- uh, southern Michigan, which they actually line up a lot of theirs with northern Indiana, and I wonder if they do that to um, discourage people from crossing. <laughs>
1: Why would they want to do that? It's just more money for them.
0: I don't know. I think they try to discourage, like, not trying to give Michigan a bad rap. I think Mm -hmm. they try to discourage non-resident hunters as much as possible because of how many resident hunters they have in their state already.
1: There are states, and Arkansas being one of them, where they really advocate for your resident hunters, um, and they make specific laws to try to... um, keep it quality for the res- resident hunters. K- Kansas is not one of those states. In fact, it's just it's just the opposite Well, um, because they tried to, they really want, we became so broke under Brownback that they really were want tourism dollars, and we don't have a lot of tourism in Kansas other than hunting being a big one.
0: Yeah, I would say, though, one thing that they did recently was getting rid of their um, short non-resident license where you could get a few days. Mm-hmm which I think that's somewhat of a deterrent. Um, Kansas? Yeah. And Indiana has a five-day license for like $30, Mm -hmm. which is way better than paying like $100 or
1: something. Yeah, very true. Which is
0: similar to what Michigan has. Michigan has that, and it's like if you want to go hunt deer in Michigan, you're non-resident, it's like $250 to probably not shoot anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm sure they weigh it. They're like, okay – if if we make it a full year license, we know we'll lose X amount of hunters, but this is how much actual money we're talking, so we still end up plus on the money. Because thirty versus a hundred is a big, big difference in what making someone has to pay versus a three day license and a full year. You know, so well, way to look. Out I guess for the they're people. still coming on the plus end on the money.
0: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. They are, but nobody else. That's cool.
1: <laughs> I know in Arkansas, they, they just passed a law that, or they're talking about it, where non-resident hunters can only come on specific time frames. So you can't, it's a different season. Can you
0: imagine going uh, there? Like, That'd be awful.
1: Yeah, it would be everyone packing in there.
0: Yeah, well, there goes Arkansas.
1: If I ever go to Arkansas, it's going to be um, not a guide necessarily, but like, You know, if I get invited by some guys like, Yeah, we've got these timber holes and and it's public, but you know, we know how to do it, come down and hunt with us. That that's the scenario in which I would go
0: to Arkansas. Yeah, in a heartbeat for sure.
1: I'm not gonna go down there and try to figure out the timber myself, having no experience (laughs) at all. Because that just is gonna result in me in waist deep water staring up at the trees all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I think we're gonna we're gonna have to petition to remove Stuck Ark as the duck hunting capital. Um, just due to the fact that non-residents can't go there that easily anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see if they pass that, and then we'll start a campaign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mostly a joke, but just saying. Yeah, yeah. But you can get a lot of those same
1: conditions in southern uh, Missouri as well, as far as the timber holes.
0: Yep. Right on Arkansas. hmm Nothing like that. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's spots in Indiana here or there, but I don't have any timber spots. <laughs>
1: Yeah. We've got a few, but now when I'm talking like tight timber, you know, we've got a few but not that many.
0: Yeah. I guess I have one that I've hunted. I haven't done enough research on it, but maybe next week coming up here, well, I can put some time in into that.
1: Some of those wood duck holes you guys hunted look kinda of like their timber holes.
0: Yeah, I mean it's still it's not really. I mean we had one well,
1: like studded timber and yeah, there's a different
0: yeah. we had one that's pretty similar, but besides that. Not too much.
1: I guess I call a timber hole where if it's a, a little shallow water area that's surrounded by trees and there's not a lot of space between the trees. So, you know, um, if you have 30, 40 yards of open water that they've got to come down into, that's what I, that, in this state, that's what I would call a timber hole. Where in Arkansas, it's like there's no open hole in some of these and they're just dropping into the trees.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Looks fun to me. Yeah, for sure. That bucket list. So, yep. um, But I think that pretty much covers the weather. Anything else you want to add to this one?
1: I don't think so. I would just reiterate that the wind is the number one factor that we're seeing. So keep an eye on that wind and that direction and that speed. And, you know, if there's not much wind at all, try that smaller set with a lot of motion and see how that works. That's kind of the direction we're heading with it. Um, to try to counteract that no wind but keep your eye on the wind speed
0: yep I would agree with that for sure anyways guys I'm Jordan from Ducking Chronicles Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting make sure to check us out on YouTube we both post our hunts on there every one of them so make sure to check them out and uh, that's all we got for this week make sure to give us a review over on iTunes helps out a ton and that's all we got for this week couldn't do it without you guys Um, really appreciate you guys tuning in and that's all for this week we'll see you guys next time